Welcome to Living a Maintenance Life. I'm the host and creator, Carlos Damien, a.k.a. Los AFFA. This podcast is about our Shogun Warriors. It's about their stories, their perspectives, and insight into their lives. My hopes for this podcast is to have conversations with different maintenance pros from across our group in order to learn each other better. Over my career, I've served as a maintenance pro, MTI, and first sergeant. I've met amazing people from across the globe, but right here and now, I get the privilege to serve with 2,400 maintenance professionals. Here are some of our conversations. All right, welcome to the show. I got an extremely special guest today. Out of 2,400 people, he was our non-commissioned officer of the year. And now, well, you know, you're, you're up there at PACAF doing battle, and I'm, uh, I'm sure you're going to win a PACAF too. But it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself. All right, thanks for having me on, Chief. I'm a Technical Sergeant Landon Elliott. I'm Aircraft Structural Maintenance, also known as Sheet Metal. Um, I am from Spokane Valley, Washington. And I, uh, I'm married with three beautiful children. I kind of like to count my uh, fourth child, my German Shepherd, as well as a, as a child, because she is a little baby. Fairchild was my first base. So hometown, your hometown, awesome. Spokane Valley, Washington. It's because now it's an actual city, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how has your hometown influenced you and uh, in, in you coming up in the Air Force? All right. Um, I'll, it's hard for me to draw connections uh, to how it's influenced me, I guess, as a city as a whole. Uh, but I definitely can draw connections to, uh, you know, my community and my immediate community, like my neighborhood, uh, the school that I went to, uh, you know, my coaches, my mentors, my friends. Um, you know, so I think a lot of my immediate community uh, definitely, I could say, could influence me. Um, we were pretty tight knit. Uh, it was a safe neighborhood, you know, kids riding their bikes all up and down the streets, you know, parents cookouts getting out there so we definitely had that neighborhood vibe Um, and uh, you know it was it was really enjoyable to to grow up in that kind of uh, um, lifestyle and childhood Um, I had my best friend grew up right across the street from me so I feel like I probably spent just as much time at his house staying the night as I spent at my own Uh, so they were like a second family to me as well Um, great high school great grade school so uh, yeah it was the city you know it, it, it created an environment that was very conducive for you know just uh for those conditions uh, to have good neighborhoods like that so it was yeah it's good you said coaches so you play sports i did i played baseball and basketball yep were you a spokane valley bear i wasn't i was a titan okay yeah <laughs> university high school yep okay awesome yeah so do you have a favorite quote a favorite song or a favorite movie and why um yeah actually pretty recently i saw a quote from john maxwell um it was the quote goes to add value to others you must first value others to build credibility for people to actually listen to what you have to say uh, to take what you have to say to heart i feel like they have to know that you value them um and so in how you do that you know there's a whole bunch of ways you can go about making sure people know that you care um and i feel like that's something that i want to really focus on is making sure that my teammates and uh and those that i that i work with know that i really care about them uh, their success their welfare uh, and their personal lives as well. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, through that kind of build some credibility that whenever they do come for me for advice, uh, whenever they need some help, um, you know, they're going to listen to what I have to say uh, because I value them. And that will hopefully help uh, build them up and add value to themselves as well. How long have you been in? Uh, about nine and a half years. About nine and a half years now. Yeah. Very successful career. You met a lot of maintainers along the way, a lot of maintenance professionals. Anybody you want to give a shout out to or somebody who is very influential in the, you know, over this last nine and a half years or recently or somebody who's very influential as a maintenance professional to you? 
Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd like to just shout out to somebody here, actually, who's been a mentor of mine. Uh, it's uh, certain uh, Wayne Shaw. Uh, he runs production. He's in production over at EMS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to him because he has definitely, there's only been a handful, uh, I would say, of leaders that have truly influenced me over my career. Uh, I count him among uh, among the best. Um, and, and the reason is, is I know how, no matter how busy he gets, um, I've never seen him stop pouring into people. Uh, you know, it's not just me. I see him doing that for people all over the squadron, all over the group. Uh, you know, he's constantly trying to mentor at the same time he's, you know, running production. Um, he's going and he's doing that outside of work. Um, we are like, he, he developed this uh, leadership chat uh, with a bunch of other leaders and NCOs across the group uh, where we connect um, and we can kind of pitch ideas and bounce ideas off each other about different leadership topics and you know, like he's just he's he's just made such a big an impact, probably not only on myself, uh, but on a bunch of leaders across the group. So um, that's that's inspired me, and I definitely look up to him. Oh, I gotta have Wayne Shaw on the show. Yeah, you should. Yeah, he's yeah he's a good stuff. You know, you said all that. And you know what else he's great at? Giving golf lessons. Giving golf lessons and and <laughs> sending me golf videos. Absolutely, I played golf with him one time, and he saw like one of these hitches in my swing. He's like, "Hey, chief, uh, if you don't mind, here here's a video that helped me." And he uh, said it, and he delivered it in just such a just a classy way. And I was like, "So I got a bad swing, huh?" Nice. <laughs> and he that's was, awesome. Yeah, he's, he's such an he is an absolutely awesome senior NCO, and it's good to see him just recently picked up for senior. Mm-hmm. So, over the last nine years, nine plus, you've got a chance to see a lot of maintainers, your peers, your subordinates, your supervisors. What what is it, what makes a good maintainer? Mm, I would say what makes a good maintainer um, is is first humility. Uh, and a willingness to learn. Um, I think, you know, there's so much to our career fields and it's easy to get wrapped up in, um, you know, thinking that, you know, you always have, you're always right and your way is always the right way. Uh, but, you know, especially when the versatile career field where there's a lot of ways to get the job done. I'm um, having some humility and, and being willing to learn and, and change, uh, you know, with the times, um, being open-minded, um, and then just being uh, willingness to help others as well um, with your teammates and just, you know, in maintenance, getting your hands dirty, getting out there and getting the job done. Um, I think is what I'd like to see in maintainer. In a peer, in a subordinate, in a leader, what is something that you value most in each of those groups? Okay. Uh, for a subordinate, I would definitely have to say uh, coachability and uh, then initiative. I'm a, big, uh, I'm a big fan of initiative in my subordinates, um, self-starters. Uh, you know, when, uh, when you've got an airman that comes in, you know, right out of tech school and they're super motivated, uh, they come into work and, and, you know, they don't sit down until the end of the day. They're just constantly finding new things to do, trying to learn, trying to get trained up on things, um, and just being a self-starter for themselves is something that I really enjoy seeing. Uh, and that helps motivate me, and uh, it's that's something I really value for my subordinates. Uh, for peers, I would say um, really supporting each other and, and then, like, uh, knowledge sharing. Uh, so, you know, it's it's really good when you get a, your peer group to – you know, help support each other, get each other's backs, and then share each other's resources and what, you know, the things that you've learned and resources that you've collected over your career um, and kind of having that teamwork uh, where you're helping each other out with, you know, uh, things with their own subordinates and just your team and your your section overall, um, I think is real important. Um, And then for leaders, um, I've actually been getting pretty into uh, emotional intelligence. I think that's what I really try to, like I value the most out of my leaders. Um, I've come to realize that uh, you know, we've, I've seen in the last four years, uh, my section go through, you know, some ups and downs. Um, and then I, it was really noticeable uh, when the leaders that had emotional intelligence and, uh, you know, they were, they were pretty self-aware of, of themselves. Uh, they were able to, 
self-regulate their, their own emotions, um, and they were able to empathize, uh, empathize with our airmen, um, and they were able to, you know, help manage our emotions as well. You know, it was really clear, clear cut to see the differences in that when, uh, when a leader had good emotional intelligence and they helped us through those situations and the leaders that don't. So I've come to really value that uh, in my leaders. So you come from Spokane. You've, along the way, you've got married, had kids. What ultimately makes you you? Who are you? I would say what makes me me is really my family um, and then my faith. Uh, growing up, you know, I could I could tell you how, you know, my, my dad taught me, you know, generosity, uh, strength, courage, uh, and then, you know, sacrifice. Uh, and my mom taught me, you know, compassion and love. Um, you know, all these things helped me shape me as my me throughout my childhood. Um, and then having a family of my own, you know, that was just a whole new ballgame. Taught me, you know, passion and just the, the love for your children. Um, and that just really helped shape me to who I am today. And then my faith has been at the center of it all. Um, really my driving force to uh, give me my purpose in life. Um, and so that the centerpiece of my family. And so those two together, just kind of the two things that kind of hold me up and, and make me who I am. How have they helped you and supported you? Like I'm talking about your uh, your family back home, uh, your wife and the kiddos. This is a tough life. This maintenance life is, you know, sometimes backbreaking. I, I hate to say it like that. There's so much that goes on in maintenance. There's so much dedication to the actual mission, to the job. Throughout your career, how's your family supported you living a maintenance life? I'm actually, I was pretty fortunate enough uh, to marry my high school sweetheart. So, you know, my wife and I, uh, we, you know, we're dating in high school. And uh, so both of our families are actually you know, probably within 15, 20 minutes of each other. We're all in the Spokane there. In the Spokane area. Yeah, in the Spokane area. And so we're very tight-knit family, really close. And uh, it was difficult um, for my wife, especially, and myself. Uh, we moved first to uh, North Carolina. That's where our first duty station was. Um, that really challenged ourselves, you know, being away from home. But it helped, helped my family grow with my wife and my kids, you know, being apart from, uh, from the parents um, helped build us up. But this whole time, I, I'm telling you, my, my wife is a superwoman. She's through all the TDYs and the times that I've had to be uh, gone on deployment. Um, she's been the rock for our family, um, just, you know, constant support. She's never complained, never done anything uh, to, to dissuade me from ever trying to, to go on any other kind of TDYs or anything like that, to be away from them. Um, and I always joke with my buddies that, uh, you know, whenever I do go TDY, and, and she's actually gone right now back in the States, uh, she left a little early for that. Um, you know, I find a hard time just living without her. Like, you know, you never, you don't really know what you have until, you know, they're gone. And, you know, when she's gone, I'm like, man, I don't know how to take care of myself almost. <laughs> like, so it's, you know, and then as far as my parents, uh, you know, they've constantly just helped support us. Um, and same thing with her mom. Uh, she, uh, you know, they're, they're always pouring into us, always willing to, you know, to help out and we're, you know, we're calling them. And then whenever we go back home, you know, it's just, they just shower us with their love and, and, you know, spending time catching up with family uh, and our kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been family's huge for me and they've been they've been solid for me the whole time. Individuals who have a great support network end up being more successful at their job because they understand compassion. They understand valuing others uh, mm -hmm. because they, you know, they're family based, uh, they're faith based. So that's pretty awesome. And thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So maintenance is a tough life, like I said, and it's not it's it's not for everybody. And being a maintenance professional, there's no. I, I'm hammering this home. There's no actual mold for a, what a perfect maintainer looks like, what the shape is, what their size is. There's maintenance, maintenance professionals in all different categories. What is something that you like about maintenance? What is something you dislike about maintenance? And what is something you would change? 
you know, I think it's said on, as, you know, a couple of NCOs um, hit on it before in some of your podcasts I heard, but it really is the camaraderie. And then like that, you know, that second family that you have, um, you know, especially when you're away overseas like this, um, it really draws you closer to those um, that you work with. Um, and then I, I could think of a time, actually it was at Seymour, um, where I was working a job that is wasn't really a job that a lot of people like to do. It was in the uh, number one fuel cell. So we were, you know, we we're changing out this former in this UHF bucket. Um, smelling like fuel. It's kind of a cramped space. Um, not a really fun job overall. Um, and I remember I was a senior airman at the time, and um, you know I was thinking at the you know almost immediately just how much it was kind of sucking. Uh, but then I kind of changed my perspective when I realized you know I was working with one of my best friends on that job. Um, you know throughout that job we were able to just you know keep talking and and talking about life and just while we're working. And then I just realized you know this ain't so bad. You know I got my buddy here with me. We're working this job together. And, uh, you know, that helped change my perspective to where, you know, there's not really a job out there that's bad if you got your, you know, your buddy by your side and you're, yeah. and you're working uh, together on it. So that's what I like about maintenance. Uh, what I dislike, um, I don't know if this, if it's an issue with uh, all other AFSCs uh, in my career field, I'm in sheet metal. Uh, there's a lot of uh, variation, a lot of, uh, of gray area uh, in our technical orders. Um, and then uh, that kind of generates a lot of ETARs. Um, engineer technical assistance requests um, and I feel like you know over time from when I first got in um, the seven level kind of a uh, autonomy and the, and the power of the uh, the subject matter expert and be able to make calls I feel like has started to diminish a little bit um, and we're too reliant on uh, just keep sending ETARs out after ETAR when in reality a lot of those could have been handled just off of, uh, of making you know decisions on the spot um, so that's something that I kind of dislike as far as what in my career field, what I've seen happen. Uh, what I'd like to change, I'd say the culture of feedback. Um, you know, I uh, I feel like so far, I've only been in nine and a half years, um, but I feel like feedback is something that is, you know, it's, it's there, um, but I don't think it gets used uh, the correct way. And then I don't think our culture, you know, has really fully uh, in incorporated that to where it's, you know, it's honest, it's transparent feedback and it's accepted. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, go throughout their careers without ever receiving any real feedback until they're, you know, in the senior NCO rank or maybe even up to where you're at, chief, um, you know, where people actually tell you real, like, what, what you can, you know, like, hey, you're not all that. You know, you need to, you have some of these blind spots that you need to, you know, work on. Um, and I don't think that gets done enough. So I wish that could change, you know, in the Air Force. I don't know if you just became my best friend or not but I'm pretty sure that's just happened because yeah. that is, <laughs> that is one of my, you know, what I would change about the air force is that is mm -hmm. our feedbacks. And I talk about that frequently. I'm about to go and speak to um, some future chief master sergeants here uh, later this afternoon and the ability to be in the, I call it being in the pocket of giving somebody that good, honest feedback, the ability to know somebody who's sitting on the other side of the table, mm -hmm. you know, as a supervisor, sometimes you're not, you don't have the luxury of seeing them on a day-to-day -day basis. But when you have a, the ability to sit across from somebody, it's like, hey, tell me, are you married? What's your spouse's name? What's your kiddo's names? When are, when are those significant times in their lives? When's your anniversary? What's yeah. important to you? Your faith is important. Where do you, you know, if you mind sharing, where do you practice? You know, how can I help you as a supervisor? Because, we, you know, we're such a diverse crew, but we don't ask these questions and those feedbacks. Yeah. So that's what I would add some more humanity to it, because I think it yeah. touches on something you said earlier on your the value system mm -hmm. as well. So you've reenlisted? Yes.
Okay, so what kept you coming back? What's what's keeping you in? <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, first, it's you know the easy answer is security for my family, and uh, but I really have come to to really enjoy uh, being in the Air Force uh, for that second family reason and the impact that I've come to find that I can have on others. Um, you know, I was uh, coming here. I was on the fence before I, I took this uh, um, this assignment to Kadena, whether or not I was going to reenlist or stay in the military or not. Um, when I got here, um, it, it definitely changed my perspective, and uh, it made me really, you know, enlist in the Air Force and, re and really want to be here. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, there's uh, there was a few few airmen, a few, uh, you know, that uh, airmen that I, I had a, a direct impact on, you know, and they had told me that before they had left, um, you know, that I, you know, I changed their lives, you know, just by based off of my interactions with them, caring for them, you know, being interested in their lives and, and trying to help them through some tough things, and you know, seeing that even if it was just one or two people, you know, seeing that, you know, what a difference we can have on just anybody's life um, in the military um, and being influential on them is something that, you know, inspired me and, and kind of get that intrinsic motivation to where, you know, I want more of that. I want to be able to help more people um, and be there for people in the future. So uh, that's, uh, I think that's what's really keeping me going. So what comes next? Uh, you mean the next, like after in McCord? I was there too. How awesome is that? Were you in McCord too? I was at McCord too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah so what comes going. next there? Like my goals? Yeah. My career goal really is uh, to become a first sergeant one day. Um, I might also commission. I do have a degree, so I might submit a uh, OTS package later on. That's why I was interested in that, that podcast he did with Captain Gibson since he was a uh, prior enlisted officer. Uh, so, you know, the, those are the two routes that I'm, I'm kind of eyeballing as far as long-term goals, okay. uh, seeing if I can get there. Uh, but, you know, immediate uh, goal right when I get there is just going to be, you know, observing, absorbing what's going on there at McCord and then uh, just doing my best uh, to, to fit into that team and, and help help where I can. Yeah, the 62nd MXS is a good team over there. They got got they have a good I, – I enjoyed my time thoroughly, and I'll tell you, that's where I put my diamond on when I was over there. Is too. it really? So if you don't end up commissioning, I would absolutely uh, – push towards becoming a first sergeant because your personality and the, you know your caring uh, nature is going to be able to translate very well over there. I got to be a chance uh, to be a diamond over there in security forces. Oh, wow. And it was absolutely life-changing. Absolutely. They say career broadening. Uh, it's it's life-broadening. Life oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So along the way, you've had probably some ups and some downs and some hiccups and, you know, thoughts of do I stay? Do I go? How's this impacting my family? Um, tell me a time that you faced adversity and how you overcame it. So this is actually an adversary, uh, adversary that I, uh, that I faced, um, that I don't think that I fully overcame it. Um, but it was definitely a learning opportunity. Uh, it was back in late 2019. Um, I don't know if you heard about our, our kind of the corrosion surge, the cockpit corrosion surge. Absolutely. Um, so that was a really hard time on my section, um, and you know I felt at the time there was a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of um, negative, you know, things going on in the shop. The morale was was going down. I mean, you know, I felt like at that that time would have been the perfect time to really step up and be the leader that needed to be for my shop. Um, you know, but I felt myself uh, succumbing to some of those you know those negative feelings um, and everything that was going on. I felt like I could have done a better job um, at you know at helping shield uh, our airmen from those that stress and making sure that we were coming together, um, facing it together, um, and trying to rise above it. Uh, so that was a challenging time in my career. I, I definitely learned a lot um, through that, um, and I won't make that mistake again because uh, I know I could have done more. Um, so that was a time that I say that, I, you know, I think I failed uh, for, you know, my shop. I should have done more uh, at that time. But 
um, how I should have overcame it was, you know, in hindsight, uh, was really help protecting uh, those airmen and my team um, by just, you know, that old saying that, you know, I don't know if you heard that old saying, like embrace the suck kind of thing. You know, that would have been true in that time. Like, hey, you know, this is happening whether we want it or not. We got to we got to tackle this problem. Um, but we're going to do it together, and we could have just, uh, you know, faced faced that uh, that adversary. I can't say that word for some reason. Adversity, <laughs> adversity. Adversity. There you go. Adversity together, um, and we could have we could have got through that a lot easier. Um, it had had it been us coming together a little better. So, I'll tell you when uh, when it comes to your squadron leadership, it is the highlight now. Those guys down there in the EMS are killing it. Crushed it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, yeah, we were able. I was. I'm pretty proud of what you know our section was able to come together and accomplish. You know, in in, in a short amount of time too. Like we got a lot thrown at us, um, and we did persevere through that and, and came out on top um, as a section overall with and what we were able to accomplish and refurbish, refurbing those jets. So yeah, it was great. Kept them up in the air, and that's like that's that's the grind that that living a maintenance life is like. So nine and a half years. When you first came into basic training, you're going into tech school, and then you arrive at your first duty section. What is some piece of advice that you're giving the younger you, not a, a younger airman, because you're already mentoring your airman, you're already valuing your airman. But what is a piece of information, uh, or what would you say to the younger you? What I'd say to the younger me, um, kind of knowing about now what happened over the last or the first, like I'd say, four to five years of my enlistment, um, is to to focus more on uh, on family time. You know, I definitely, I think I, when I first came in, um, you know, I was, you know, straight, just go get her, trying to get everything done, um, just doing all the things. And, you know, I think that really took away from uh, my family. Um, you know, I, was, I feel like I was gone a lot. I missed a lot of birthdays, missed a lot of anniversaries and stuff like that um, to where now, you know, like, I think I had a, I had a chief tell me once, you know, when you retire, um, the Air Force is going to keep moving, um, but your family's still going to be there. Uh, so, you know, and that kind of hit home when they said that. And I was, I was like, yeah, you know, like that, that's true. So I need to make sure that, you know, family comes first and that I'm, I'm making sure I'm spending quality time with my kids because they're growing up quick. Uh, and, and, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, sh- take these, uh, these memories and these times that I'm having together and uh, making sure that I'm, I'm spending the time that I have. So I would tell my younger self to focus more on family uh, for sure. You see your techs, you see your staffs out there just grinding away and then you have to sit there and look them face to face and say, hey, what about your family? Is your family okay? Yeah, I know mm-hmm. you're stressed out. And don't wait till it's symptomatic. Living a maintenance life is not just our lives. It's their lives. It's the kiddos' lives as well. The next question is uh, pretty much the end of the, the interview. I'd ask you to share with me a memorable maintenance story, something that's impactful to you, something that could be funny, it could be impactful, it could be memorable, but tell me a maintenance story. Sure. Um, so... You know, I kind of already hit on that one, uh, that one job that I had back at Seymour. So I won't, I won't hit on that one, but it was actually here then. This isn't so much maintenance, but um, in maintenance, I went on a TDY to India. I had the opportunity to go there when we went out there, I think in like 2018. And uh, I got the opportunity to, to go to the sheet metal shop that they had there um, at that air base in India. And the I think he was like the equivalent of our section chief, um, kind of showed us around. Um, and he had a big impact on me um, because he was so proud of his section and his people. And, like, you know, like they didn't have, you know, obviously as, 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 as quality of his equipment that we have. But he took us to every single one of their machines and introduced us to every single one of his people um, with just such pride and just such. He was so just, just bragging on them. He was just he wanted them to show, like, demonstrate all of their equipment for us. 
um, and have it, you know what I mean? And I just, I was just like in awe. Like <laughs> I was awesome. like, I wish I had this level of enthusiasm for my section and my people as this, as this gentleman did. Um, and it really inspired me. Like I, I, I need to be more like that. I need to be bragging on my people and like just letting everybody that comes in there know how great they are um, and how great our section is. So that was, it was a cool experience uh, being over there, you know, and that's another great opportunity that we get in the maintenance career field is, is the, the opportunities to go to these other countries and, and see their cultures and, and get impacted in those ways. So yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite stories. It has been an absolute pleasure. I know you're going to go out to McCord and you're going to absolutely crush it. This has been awesome. Thank you for taking the time to sit down on Living a Maintenance Life podcast. Thank you for being here um, and good luck in the future. Thank you so much for having me, Chief. I really appreciate it. Teammates, again, thank you for listening. If you or anybody you know wants to be a part of the show, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Los AF Jefe, be happy to have you on the show. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored by the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Though we may use name, ranks, and duty titles, this podcast is strictly opinion-based by the member and myself. Cleared off headsets, Los AF Jefe, out.